Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. Um, Wonderful, important show for you today uh, called Make America Honest Again. Your vote is a precious thing to lose. Now, if you think that it's too early to be talking about 2024 and um, making you think about what was wrong again with 2020 and why, what we have to do uh, between now and 2024, you're wrong. It is, it is not too soon. Um, the, there is a quote, a quote in my guest book, who I will introduce to you in a minute, uh, a quote of Ronald Reagan. I love this quote. He said, freedom is a fragile thing and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. So ever since the 2020 election was stolen from president Trump, uh, the White House has the Obama Biden Kamala White House has been driving America into destruction. And um, we need, you know, people will, there are some people who are listening to this who are going to think, oh, no, you're going to talk about the steal again, <laughs> the big lie, <laughs> stop the steal, all of that. You know, it's not just a bumper sticker. Um, it really was a steal. And it is whether you want whether you wanted to vote for President Trump or not. Um, this is about America and the future of our country that we're talking about today. And once we lose the um, honesty of our election system, which was lost in 2020. But if we continue to lose it, if we don't do something quickly to to <clears throat> write it again, fix it up again, then we're going to just continue to go down this path. So let me introduce you to my guest. If there's anybody who knows about what went on in 2020, it is my guest because she wrote a book about it. Her name is Christina Bob. Um, she has uh, lots of wonderful credentials, starting with her having uh, done many, um, well, she began, she's an attorney, and she began her legal career in the United States Marine Corps. She was defense counsel for some Marines and sailors in court-martial and administrative and separation, administrative separation hearings. She served multiple overseas tours, including being in Afghanistan and Germany. And then after her military service, she went into private practice with a firm called Higgs, Fletcher and Mack in San Diego and then to Washington, D.C. And she had executive level positions in the Department of Homeland Security. And she has continued to work her way up currently as the attorney for President Donald J. Trump. Um, her book is called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Now, if you think that you know this or have heard this or uh, don't want to believe, you know, uh, first of all, let me let me bring you into the show, Christina. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you know, I think about this stuff a lot <laughs> and um, like why people don't want to hear about the election being stolen beside regardless right. of what party 
they belong to. I mean, you know, yes, of course, Democrats don't want to hear about it because they <laughs> they they supposedly won. Um, but but even Republicans or people independents, I mean, I and I think the main reason is um because it's very frightening. Right. To think that this could happen in America. Right. It's very daunting and it can be overwhelming for people, especially people who aren't particularly involved in government, um, to to think that the elections are stolen and they might not know how how they can respond or what they can do to kind of regain their sense of self-governance. And so I think a lot of times it's a defense mechanism where people might go, oh, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to hear about it because it's right. too overwhelming. So right, I, right. I think that's right. And that, that's part of what I tried to do with stealing your vote is try to break it down really simply in a way that um, people can understand and show them what they can do about it. Because we all have, I mean, this is an all hands on deck moment. Um, our elections are compromised, but not to the point beyond repair yet. But it, it, we're rapidly approaching that with every election that we don't get out of this nosedive. So um Thank you for you know being willing to continue the discussion and keep it going because it's just really, really important. Well, first of all, I read the book. Um, I was surprised by how readable it was. Like, you know, you. it's it's it you you um it's like you're narrating, literally narrating a journey um into the vote, but in a very conversational kind of way. So it was very easy to get through it. Um the introduction was by Steve Bannon. I guess I should mention that. But, you know, I mean, you know, some radio hosts, when they're interviewing a guest, and sometimes myself, when I become surprised after, after I've booked the guest and then read their book, yeah. <laughs> um, to find out that, oh, well, I don't know about recommending it. But <laughs> I have no reservations um, about recommending your book. I think it was great, Stealing oh, Your you. Vote. Um, and in fact, I mean, the, the question really is, uh, not how great it is, but how we can get it into the hands of all the people who don't don't get it yet. Um, right. I mean, there are a lot of things. Let's see. That I, I wrote down certain some of the things that you wrote about. Um, uh, for example, I mean, what you can kind of, I guess, give. I should just let you talk, but <laughs> um, but I, I one of the things that surprised me. I mean, you know, we were all, I was one of the people just like you described in the book about how uh, sitting up at night and watching the election and thinking, oh, great, Trump has it in the bag right. um, and then going to sleep. And all of a sudden, you know, he does what happened, the leaky pipes and all that. Right. So um, so why don't you why don't you kind of give us a, an introduction to all of this? And then yeah, ab absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your kind words about the book. That's my favorite compliment to get that it's readable because I tried very hard, uh, you know, reading about elections, especially for people who aren't involved in them. It can get very dry quickly. So I, I tried very hard to make it. Uh, easy for the reader and make it very digestible. So I wrote it, I did write it in a first person narrative uh, format where I just took the reader through my journey, you know, starting with election night, I was a reporter at the White House reporting on the election. And I was just as shocked as probably everybody listening to this show right now uh, to, to see the direction that things went on election night. You know, I had watched all of President Trump's rallies and seen how he had you know, 100,000 or close to 100,000 people at each rally uh, right before the midterm election and how Joe Biden had struggled to fill a gymnasium. And so 
I, I didn't think they could possibly cheat enough. I thought, you know, they would try and they might manipulate a few things, but I just did not see any possible way that they could cheat enough to steal the election from Donald Trump. And then they did, you know, it, it didn't occur to me that they would stop the vote count. You know, the first trigger for me was when they called Arizona, when Fox News called Arizona for Joe Biden way, 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 way early. I thought, that's weird. Okay, maybe we need to start paying attention to something. This is unusual. And then when they stopped the count, knowing Donald Trump was up by millions of votes across the state. I mean, in Pennsylvania alone, he was up by eight to 900,000, close to a million votes in one state. You can't tell me you think you're going to get more than a million. Like, even if you get another million votes in, you know, Joe Biden can't make that up. So I, I just didn't think there was any way until they stopped the counting for days. And then, you know, day one, day two, day three. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is, you know, this is what they're doing. They're finding more votes. So at that point, you know, I volunteered on Donald Trump's uh, legal team with Rudy Giuliani to help continue the investigation. I go through what happened on the legal team and, you know, the whole January 6th, Mike Pence. I happened to be reporting uh, from the Capitol on January 6th. So I also give my first person experience about what happened there and how it played into everything. Um, so then I just take the reader through my discovery of and a lot of questions and quite quite honestly i don't answer all of them i answer the ones that i can and then there's some that remain as to you know how exactly certain yeah. things happened you know i and i should give um some, the rest of your bio actually of course as well um christina is an investigative reporter uh, I mentioned that she was an attorney, a former television show host and correspondent with One American News Network. I used to be on that uh, network with Ledger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, uh, almost reporting almost exclusively exclusively on election integrity. Uh, and then I, then I went on from there that you began your legal career with the uh, Marine Corps. So, but yes, that's important to note that you, <laughs> that that's why that that's how you well before you joined the uh, legal team with Giuliani. Yeah. You, what was were you involved um, in the election in some other way or just no? Just as a reporter, I was just reporting on it the same way every other reporter was. And then after the election, and after you know the day's worth of counting, and the Trump. You remember you hear I heard stories of Trump lawyers were quitting, they were abandoning ship. You know. Some varying degrees of yeah. truth to that, but some certainly did. So once I heard that they were hemorrhaging lawyers, uh, I called Rudy Giuliani and I said, hey, you know, I'll volunteer. Like, what do you need? You know, what, what do we need to do to try to figure out what happened here? And is there a way to correct this? Uh, and, and so, you know, you just kind of roll up your sleeves and jump in. Now, um, did you know him before or I guess through interviewing him? Just through interviewing him. Yeah. No, I did not have a personal relationship with him, but I had interviewed him before. So that's but how you I were so mo you were so moved by what you saw happening in front of you that that got you to do that. Right. Right. I thought there's there's no way this isn't right. And we, we have to investigate this. We've got to figure out what happened because it was so abnormal and so egregious that, you know, we had to do something. Yes. Now we need to bottle that, <laughs> that inspiration and, and sell it or give it away. <laughs> give it away. Right. Yes. Okay. So why don't you take us um, to start with um, some of the things that you found when you started sure. looking into the election? 
So I'd like to summarize it as I Democrats stole the election and Republicans covered it up. I, I was very uh, <laughs> disturbed and surprised at the level of involvement of Republicans. Now, before I don't want to lose everybody with that because it's infuriating. The good news to that is there's a lot that we can do. You know, we can control our own side. We can manage our own side. If this were 100 percent a Democrat thing, I'd be quite honestly, I would be more concerned because it's harder to control the other side. But we can right. control our own side. So I'm actually very encouraged and uh, in, in really do believe that we can and will clean up our elections before 2024. Uh, but, you know, it, it will take all of us doing it. But so I spent as an investigative reporter, I spent months and months on the ground in Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And I was just interviewing elected officials, city clerks, county clerks, poll watchers, uh, poll challengers, volunteers, GOP chairman, like anybody and everybody that was part of the process uh, that would talk to me. I, I pretty much interviewed them. And so I take the reader through those processes and, and what I found. And I try to piece together what happened in each of these states in a way that makes sense and is digestible. Because certainly, you know, I'm an attorney, I'm not a statistician or a mathematician by any means. And so, you know, I hear, I've heard people talk about the machines and that I, it's very interesting, certainly something worth investigating, but it's mm -hmm. not my area of expertise. Um, I like legal process, legal challenges. That's what I know. And so that's mm -hmm. what I stuck with. Um, but yeah, I, I just went through everything. And I mean, there were, we had problems with ballot stuffing. The chain of custody was off. Evidence seals had been cut and tampered with, uh, particularly in Arizona. We had, as people know, uh, poll challengers, Republicans were removed from the counting facility. They shut everybody out but Democrats, and then they counted a whole bunch of ballots without any observation whatsoever. Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty egregious uh, what what went on. You know, that's one of the things, though, that um, is really disturbing how s some of this is behind the scenes, you know, and you write about that, like, um, you know, in polling places and so on. Right. But, well, I mean, I guess but but some things the media caught at the time, like putting yep. up cardboard um, boxes, you know, yeah. pieces of cardboard so that the Republicans couldn't look at. You're supposed to be able. That's part of that's the, right. That's the point. You're supposed to be able to watch these things to to so that it, we everybody knows it's it's fair. Um, it's honest. Yeah. And um, I mean, and so the media was showing. These cardboard boxes and, and showing yeah. that how first they were pushing people back six feet and then it got to be more and more and more. And 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 everybody watched and nobody like did anything about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and that that largely sums it up, I think. I, I think Republicans were caught flat footed. Uh, I don't think really in any of these states, Republicans were prepared to physically be removed from the rooms and uh, to not be allowed really to participate in the process at all. And so I think our side was caught unprepared. And again, the good news to that is we can prepare now. You know, we can be more prepared and make sure that we secure the election so that it's fair enough. I don't by any means think that by 2024 it's going to be 100% fixed, but I think it can be fixed enough that Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States. I mean, 
I wouldn't be working on his campaign, <laughs> particularly in election integrity, if I didn't think it were possible to have a fair election. Yes, yes. Well, we did see, and you write about this in the book about um, Pennsylvania, Mm-hmm. Um, with that was, uh, that election was a surprisingly fair. Um, I don't think people, I, I think it was fair because people didn't expect Youngkin to, to, uh, to, to, to actually win. Um, you mean so, in Virginia? I mean, in Virginia, not Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of a surprise and they hadn't prepared to steal right. it because they didn't think he had a chance. Right. I think that's also true. But I think um, even more so, there were so many volunteers. I mean, the Loudoun County School Board issues and the FBI uh, having the letter declaring parents domestic terrorists at school board meetings. I mean, that outraged the people of Northern Virginia. Remember, that was all targeted at Virginia. So there was a lot of political, uh, I don't even want to just call it activism. It was more like political oppression or or pushing a radical agenda in Northern Virginia right before the midterm. And what that served to do was get a lot of parents upset and parents showed up en masse to protect the election. They had uh, attorneys on response to respond to issues. I mean, they, they were coordinated very, very clearly and concisely and efficiently and they ended up securing their election. And I, I blame the volunteers. I mean, every parent, and every every citizen that volunteered to work that Virginia election, regardless of your political party, I say you guys are the reason that there was a secure election in Virginia. Yes. And that um, is part of your uh, blueprint for what we need to do for 2024 yep. to do repeat that all over the United States. Well, we need to take a break now. My guest is Christina Bob. Her book is called Stealing Your Vote. The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about Make America Honest Again. Your vote is a precious thing to lose. And talking with my guest, Christina Bob, whose book is amazing, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Um, this is what schools should be uh, reading and libraries should have many copies of, um, not what they are teaching in schools these days. The things that they're teaching in school these days are things that destroy America. Um, okay, where, where would you like to go first? Do, do, do you want to talk about um, Arizona as an example of the story? Sure. Okay, sure. Sure, we can. Well, and, and that also segues into the 2022 election in Carrie Lake's race, because I think Arizona is a, a good example of not quite going far enough to clean up the election, um, but there's certainly plenty of room to still do so before 2024. So the Arizona audit I thought was particularly interesting. It was interesting to me in the way that the media covered it versus the way I was experiencing it, you know, as an on, on the ground reporter covering it live. And then I'd see what the mainstream media would do. And they just, it was a complete butcher, like hack job of what actually was occurring on the ground. So um, that, that to me was just a really interesting uh, social experiment, I guess if we can call it that, but, you know, the mainstream media tried to play it off as if the Arizona audit showed that everything was done fine and that Joe Biden won and that he's the greatest president ever. And it, that is not at all what the Arizona audit concluded. I mean, chain of custody seals were broken on every single pallet, boxes on every single pallet of uh, the ballots that were brought in. There were 168,000 ballots that were printed on paper that doesn't conform with the county's standards. Uh, you, they're, they're, the Maricopa County uh, supervisors actually confirm that their election server was hacked mm -hmm. during the election and they refused to allow anybody to look into it. Say, don't worry about it. We looked at it ourselves. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here, folks. Um, is that yeah. the thing that was connected to Italy? Do you? Um, I don't think that was connected. I don't think that was connected to Italy. I think I think somebody there, just hacked into Maricopa County system. <laughs> was there anything in 2020? Was there anything? Um, you know, there was this rumor floating around. Yeah. About, was there anything to that? I, I don't think so. I mean, I never. I actually looked into that. I never reported on it because I never found something that I felt like was credible enough to. Yeah to cite, like to report it, but I actually did dig into it extensively, um, probably way more than I needed to. And personally, I couldn't find anything that had any credible value to report on, but, um, yeah, there were lots of rumors floating around about that, but I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with Maricopa County. Okay. I'm sorry for interrupting, but no, I don't know. That's good. I, and I wondered, I debated, I was like, should I put the Italy thing in just because, uh -huh. you know, a lot of people were talking about it, but 
there really wasn't anything there. So at the end of the day, I just decided not to include it because uh, there wasn't anything there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You wanted to make sure that everything you wrote was absolutely solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to put speculation out. And, and right. quite honestly, I don't believe Italy had anything to do with anything. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I nothing that I could find anyway. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so Arizona, the Arizona audit came and went and there were findings of many laws broken and many problems with the election. And the Arizona governor, who's a Republican, the Arizona attorney general, who was a Republican, uh, didn't do anything about it. The Arizona legislature, uh, House and Senate, both Republican, uh, they they opted to not really do anything. I mean, I think the Arizona citizens did a great job of raising their voice. But quite honestly, un or I should say, unfortunately, I think we need to get louder. I think we need to make sure that our elected officials know exactly what we want and expect from them. And now, for example, Arizona, now that the Democrats are in there, um, in the Secretary of State's office and the governor's office and the attorney general's office, uh, it will be harder, quite frankly, but it, it absolutely needs to be done if we want to secure 24 we have got to raise our voice and demand better processes from those in office right now. Well, um, you were on the ground in all of these places and you were doing interviews, talking to these people. How did you, what did they say or how did you come to understand how Republicans in these kind in the legislatures, in these offices, what you were just talking about, how they could just stand there and do nothing? What was going on in their head? Why were they doing yeah. that? That that was the most infuriating part because there were, and I and don't I don't want to discourage people through this because there were really great American patriots in the Republican offices as well. They were just being opposed by other Republicans who didn't want anything done. So you know, I'm sure they all had their own motives, but what from what I could see, what I think was going on is that. The Republican Party for decades, it appears to me, has been the party of just go along to get along, keep the status quo, don't rock the boat, you know, just keep going and everything's fine and everything will be fine. Just keep going. And I, I think they do that because, uh, you know, because then they don't get Democrat opposition. You know, when you become passive, the Democrats tend to leave you alone as mm -hmm. long as you give them what you want. And so I I think that's kind of who had come into power in the Republican Party. Again, the good news is we're cleaning that out. We're making progress. Um, yeah, unfortunately, in Arizona, uh, those do-nothing, cowardly Republicans have been placed with replaced with activist Democrats. But the good <laughs> news is, at least, at, at least the it, it's in the open, right? It's so much harder to to fight Republican versus Republican when everybody looks the same. At least now things yes. are actually lined up, you know. Yes, yes. So, so do you want to talk about Carrie Lake and yeah, um, what you think um, happened there and what you think is going to happen as far as her appeals process? Yeah, Carrie Lake, man, she is so fantastic. I have been so blessed to get to know her through all this process, and she just is such a fighter. She's great for the people of Arizona. She's great for the United States. I, I have so much respect for her. Um, Carrie Lake, I personally believe that Carrie Lake won her race. Uh, again, they had to delay the election for days and days. I think I think hers went like six days after or something. It was a very long time. 
uh, before they could finally say, oh, you know what, Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, actually won. Um, and the standard to review an election in Arizona is whether the vote count is uncertain. If, if you can't be totally certain of what the vote count is, then that county should be discarded. Well, in Carrie Lake's case, they had whistleblowers from Runback, the ballot printing company, come forward and say that there were close to 300,000 ballots that were illegally inserted into the chain of custody, meaning they didn't come from ballot drop boxes and they didn't come from the mail and they didn't come from uh, polling location. They were brought in by people from the outside and inserted into the tally. Like, I, I, how, I don't even know how we could have possibly gotten to the point where random people are bringing in ballots from anywhere and they're actually getting counted, but that's what was happening. We also saw, uh, at, at the time, it's even higher now, but at the time there were 25,000 signatures that did not match, clearly did not match and should not have been counted. And remember, the margin of victory is only 17,000. Hmm. It's also interesting. There was a statement from Stephen Richer, who is the Maricopa County, or is the Maricopa County recorder. Um, of course, two thirds of the voting machines went down in Republican areas on election day when they knew that it was all going to be Republican voters, right? So it, it appeared they intentionally disenfranchised Republican voters. So Stephen Richer, the Maricopa County report, recorder, comes out and issues a statement and says, "Oh, don't worry, everybody. We know that um, people are concerned." about the votes and why machines went down and there were all these tragically long lines and all that. We know that there were problems, but don't worry, it didn't affect that many voters. It only impacted about 7% of election day voters, which yes. equals about 17,000 votes. So he even issued a statement and said it only impacted the same number for the margin of victory. He put that out in an official statement. Oh, wow, what? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, so... So they go to court and they tell the judge, you know, they're arguing their case to the judge. This was about a month ago. And Scott Jarrett, who's the Maricopa County elections director, uh, he's on the stand under oath. And they say to him, you know, are you aware that there were problems with the size of the paper for the election day ballots? Every other ballot was printed on the right size paper, but the ballots for election day were printed on the wrong size paper. So that when you try to read them through, feed them through the machine's break they malfunction because they're not reading properly he's like oh no no no! there's no indication no no indication whatsoever of any problems with the ballot size okay so uh carrie lake's team puts their expert up who says the ballot the ballots were printed on the wrong size paper somebody had to intentionally go in change the setting and change it so like this was intentionally done this couldn't have been an accident so then they get Scott Jarrett, Maricopa County election director, back on the stand to say, hey, somebody had to go in and change the setting. Didn't anybody alert you to the fact that you were printing on the wrong size paper? And he says, well, yeah, we had some indication, but we didn't think it was that. It, it didn't appear to be that big of an issue, and it was easily correctable. Okay, but you had just testified under oath saying <laughs> you had no idea. So he perjured himself on the stand. I mean... I, the Carrie Lake case could not have gotten any stronger. Of course, the trial court still didn't side with her. I, it, to me, it appears to be purely politically motivated. So now she goes up to the Court of Appeals. It'll be heard. They're, they're taking the case up this week, February 1st. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I hope 
I hope they have an ounce of integrity. If they have an ounce of integrity. Carrie Lake wins this wins this case. Well, I certainly hope so. I like her too. Um, but I, I, I mean, that's what I was referring to before. The same thing as the cardboard on the windows. It's like these things. You know, with the media, okay, granted, the mainstream media gives it their own slant, but even still, there are certain things that get through, and yet everybody just goes on with their day. Yeah. Instead yeah. Of, like, totally, you know, protesting and, and um, <laughs> not necessarily going into the Capitol. <laughs> protesting legally and peacefully and all of those great yes. things that we love. But yes. no, you're exactly right. That's what we need to be doing. I mean, uh we can't just go on with business as usual because business as usual as usual will become an author authoritarian state. I mean, we're losing our right to select our own leaders because we're not participating. We're not getting involved. Yes. You know, I'm originally uh, born and bred in New York and New York isn't doing so well right now um, either, you know, um, right. in terms of leadership. But um, I live in California now. And um, Governor Newsom is is like the worst. Right. And um, and the problem is that uh, that it's become. I mean, we you know, it is, I think California is an example of a state where if you don't stop things earlier on, there gets to be um, what's that? It's like a snow, a snowball effect. Right. Where now it gets to be even harder to get Newsom out of office or to get Republicans in office. It's like a, a totally democratic state and there are democratic uh, DAs letting people out on the street. Right. And, um, and it's an example of how really uh, we need to do things before a state gets to be like this. Yes, that's true. I agree with you. However, I will say California actually is doing good things, not your elected officials, but um, grassroots efforts in California have done a really great job of protesting county clerks, actually, to get them to change election procedures. And Shasta County, actually, I think there's been a couple of them. I know Shasta County is one of them, which is up north, like north of San Francisco and the Sacramento area. Um, and this grassroots group had took their petition to the county clerk and said, look at you've been messing up our elections so badly that the county clerk actually resigned and they were able to, to get these, the changes that they wanted, whatever they were in that county, as far as cleaning huh. up the elections and they got it implemented and that's in California. So I just say to all you grassroots in Arizona and Wisconsin, you know, Hey, if California can do it, so can you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds good. That sounds promising. It is very promising. I'm very excited about what some of these patriots who are just saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to stand by and let you steal my country and let you run us into the ground. I'm going to stand up and we're going to fight for our country. And it's it's really encouraging to see. So I, I was just really pleased to talk to these this group out of California because thank God. I mean, thank God they're doing it, you know? And I know there are some efforts too, like a group, I don't think it's the same group, but a group is trying to um, secede. Um, have oh, yeah, the new California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know that that would work. But I mean, so yeah. yes, um, we just have to kind of get more, um, get more people involved with these things, you know? Right. Um, and I, I don't want California to secede. I, I think uh, <laughs> I like them being a part of the country, but I get their their point about uh, petitioning the government and kind of pushing their agenda. I, I agree with that. And I think they need to continue to do it. 
Yeah, I don't want California to secede either. No, I like just I, despite everything that's gone on. I like you guys. I lived there for a long time. <laughs> Your yes, family, you like expect- everybody has a crazy uncle, right? We've got California. <laughs> yes, I mean, but it was discouraging when we didn't win the recall of Newsom. Yeah, um, you know. Do you think? Do you think Gavin Newsom got more popular after his recall than his original election? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, there was that thing in with COVID when he was eating at that fancy restaurant without a mask. Remember yeah. that? And he was telling everybody. I mean, he was trying to make this this state more like 1984 than I think other states um, with you're supposed to report on businesses who aren't yeah. making people wear masks and report on your neighbors. I mean, it's horrendous, horrendous. And now yeah. he's coming up with um, these. There's this committee, I'm sure you know, um, to to get reparations. Um, yes oh my gosh i mean it's almost like they're trying to bankrupt the state yes which i think is part of biden's plan we can talk about that we're kind of coming to the end but we can talk about that i mean that is the plan uh that is one of the plans one of the possible strategies in terms of making this country a poor yeah (laughs) making this country uh you know socialist Uh, not not again we were never socialist but um, you know doing that well, we need to take a break. Um, my guest is Christina Bob. Her book is called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. And as you can see, as we're going along, um, this is a very serious problem, but there is there are things we can do about it. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 
5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about Make America Honest Again. Your vote is a precious thing to lose. Uh, with my guest, Christina Bob, whose wonderful book that you should get on your bookshelves and read it, not just put it on your bookshelves, um, is called Stealing Your Vote, the Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. Um, and we've been talking about how some of the things that were wrong in 2020 um, were really made so obvious to people with the media, uh, you know, showing things like the cardboard on the on the polling places, um, not letting people watch the vote, what's go watch what's going on, and all kinds of things like that. Uh, the the ballot, um, the machines breaking down, and you know things that we all could see. We didn't see the back story of it, which Christina has um, seen from right there up close and personal and written about, but. Um, but, you know, we so we 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 can't have it taken in front of basically it was taken in front of our noses in a way. Um, so you were saying, uh, Christina, that some people are thinking and I agree with you that some people have gotten so um, depressed or do, do, what's the D word? Um, disillusioned, discouraged. Yeah. discouraged. Yes. Lots of D words. Yeah. And, um. And, you know, now with people not going out of their homes as much as they did, it's like, oh, what's the point? What's the use? Yeah. So um, what do you say to those people? For I mean, we have to continue to vote and we have to continue to get involved uh, to to make sure that we secure 2024. And so I don't think it's a I, I don't think anybody should be throwing their hands up at this point going, oh, man. You know, there's nothing we can do about this. I'm not even going to bother to vote. I've heard a few complaints like that, but I think that's a very defeatist mentality uh, and should not be tolerated whatsoever. We have to participate in this process. You know, I'm a United States Marine, and there's a saying in the Marine Corps uh, they when they're teaching us our history of, um, you know, a Marine saying in battle, they sh show up and they say, oh, it's time to retreat. And the Marine says, retreat? Hell, we just got here. And they fight their way out. And that's kind of how I feel about this. We just figured out what this fight is in 2020. We can't retreat now. We've got to continue to fight this fight. We've got to push our way through it. And it is very salvageable. No doubt it will be hard and challenging and there will be discouraging moments. But we can do this. We can save this country and we can absolutely secure our election. But that's not going to happen when people give in to the discouragement. And for folks that have been discouraged, uh, I think the best thing you can do to kind of get your encouragement back is to participate. Join a grassroots movement, join your state or your local GOP to get involved because there's nothing like being around a great group of patriots that love this country and are fighting to save this country. You will be so encouraged so fast that anybody who's who's discouraged all the more reason you need to get involved. Yes, no, I agree with that. Of course, unfortunately, COVID did take a lot of the spunk out of people, not just in right. regard to elections, but in general. Do you think, um, you know, when monkeypox came around, as it turns out, it's not really as big a deal as right. you know, it seemed like it might be. But when it came around, um, I thought to myself, Oh, that's the next thing 
to try to keep people at home and and necessitate um supposedly necessitate uh mail in ballots do you think something yeah. like monkeypox or some other kind of tra- you know uh either pandemic or some other kind of thing is going to come along for 2024 well, I don't, I don't know if it actually will or not, but we know they're trying it. I mean, look at the story Project Veritas just broke on Pfizer, and they're basically bragging about the fact that they're mutating the coronavirus and, or excuse me, COVID, and um, uh, the sorry, they're mutating COVID for the purpose of making it more lethal, so that they can then benefit from vaccines. I mean, yeah. people are messing with us they're creating biological weapons now when and how they get used depends on you know the powers that be so will they try to do that maybe i mean donald trump's not in office right now and i think that's largely why they had to do it because he was so popular and he had um such great results as a president he's not in office right now they control you know a lot of these elections and so i i'm hopeful that they won't feel the need to use biological warfare against us like they did in 2020 but um i don't know you know we'll we'll have to see what they do i mean do you think looking at it a different way do you think uh i mean we know about fauci and all of his you know um nonsense his dishonesty and so on Mm -hmm. but um do you think that creating coronavirus was done purposely at the time that it was done so that uh the 2020 elections had to be paper ballots i I think but yeah i think it looks awfully convenient for democrats now whether they intentionally did that or just took advantage of the lab like i mean they should never have been creating the coronavirus Right. Um, but I, I absolutely believe that we need a full and thorough investigation is that I'm excited that Jim Jordan uh, is running point on that. And I, I want to see what they come up with, because it's a very valid question. You know, when you say that in 2020 or 2021, people go, oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. You know, stop saying crazy things like that. But now that we're sitting here in 2023, it doesn't look as crazy anymore. So I certainly think it's plausible, but I think we need to have a real investigation done before we yes. can know for certain. Yes, yes. Um, well, let's talk about Trump since you're his attorney. Right. Um, uh, first of all, I think he's the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> I have been <laughs> we talking- all do. So many of us do. <laughs> I have been talking about him since 2016, um, since, uh, uh, since well, get the, getting the, trying to get, yes, since 2016, um, trying to get the year straight. Um, and, you know, even in fact, on this show, if you look back to 2016, even actually in 2020, um, I had people on, I was talking about it. one of my shows was uh, it's not over till the fat lady sings. And I was hoping that something could be resurrected, you know, for to. Yeah. For yeah, no, to, I did the same you know. thing. I mean, I reported on the election for, I think, two or three weeks afterwards, even all the way through January 6th, I was saying, hey, well, let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens. So um, I, I was holding out hope, too. Well, obviously, Pence was not the right guy for um, for no. vice president. He turned out to be a turncoat. 
And yep. it's so ridiculous because he did what he did on January 6th and didn't ask to, didn't give the states, he could have given the states the opportunity to re-examine um, their elections, check out whether the whether it was accurate or not, whether the count was accurate. I mean, it was, yeah. Trump wasn't asking him to just to do something illegal. Right. Um, just have these states check just, you know, with the with um, Gore and Lieberman <laughs> they yeah. uh, and the hanging Chad you yeah. know, took days and and um, and they did all of that. They counted yeah. the hanging Chads and and but they didn't. He, and so Pence didn't want to. I mean, it was there was no good reason, except that his reason, of course, was that he wanted to run for president. Right. Of course. <laughs> well, and. Pence. The states, okay, so Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia had all sent letters to Mike Pence requesting their electors back. They were requesting a second opportunity. Like they were just saying, hey, give us a second look. Uh, there were problems we'd like to confirm and make sure. All he had to do was honor those the state's requests, but he, he refused to do it. He was a coward. So segueing from coward pence <laughs> to the to 2024 mm -hmm. um uh i it's my fantasy <laughs> that that trump of course should run and win for president right. um and i think that it would be a great idea to have DeSantis as to run with him as vice president because just think about it first of all you know those are the two and trump is still ahead right um, as I think he will be down to the end because people, people, you know, it's only people who are dishonest or who don't like authentic people who are, who, who, or who are intimidated by Trump, who is a bit of a bull in a china shop. But when you right. realize where his heart is and how hard he, he didn't have to do this, he had lots of money. He didn't need to run for president and go through all this aggravation and run again. Yeah. Um, it's because his heart, you know, he loves this country and he's trying to do whatever he can for it, um, you know, to the extent that he can. So I think if DeSantis ran with him for vice president, that would mean that DeSantis would have one term as vice president and then he could run for president and have four, two more terms as president. So that would be 12 years of Republicans in the White House and yeah. he could turn the country around. Yeah, I think that sounds really nice. Unfortunately, I don't think Governor DeSantis, who I voted for, I'm a Florida resident, and I think he's a great governor. I voted for him recently, and I would vote for him again tomorrow if there were another election. But I, I think he has been persuaded to believe that he can take down Donald Trump, and he, mm. my understanding is he's going to try. So uh, I think it, it makes it very hard for Donald Trump, who effectively gave Ron DeSantis his career. Ron DeSantis would not have won his original election if Donald Trump hadn't pulled him out of the the bottom of the barrel, really, uh, with the Trump endorsement to get him across the finish line. And then he started writing President Trump's coattails by implementing all of President Trump's policies and saying the exact same things in Florida, which is why everybody loved him. And, and I think it would be great if we could all work together. But I think the establishment has figured out that rhinos don't work. Conservatives don't like rhinos. Conservatives will never, ever vote for rhinos again. Yeah. And so in order to keep the establishment going, the establishment has had to find someone that the MAGA base 
will embrace. And that appears to be Ron DeSantis. And he appears to be entertaining thoughts from the establishment. I mean, I'm not in the Ron DeSantis camp. I'm firmly in the Donald Trump camp, working on the Donald Trump campaign. But from my vantage point, it looks like Ron DeSantis is getting wooed by the establishment to try to take down Donald Trump. And I, I think I think DeSantis will ruin his career trying to do that. But you know, when two people in the in the primaries, you know, when they're when this there were there are the speeches in the debates, um, the more that people, whether it's Republican or Democrat, the more that they tear each other down. Um, the worse it is for whoever wins the primary, because all these people who have been watching have heard all this. Right. You know? Which is why I don't think Ron DeSantis should enter the race. Why would he do that? I mean, Donald Trump is the clear leader of this party, like clear, decisive leader of this party. I don't know why Ron DeSantis would do something so foolish, but he appears to be determined to do that. And, that, and that's fine. Donald Trump will beat him. I, I'm not worried about it for a second. I, I'm disappointed because I like Ron DeSantis and I think he's going to ruin his career doing this. But, you know, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, just uh, just put I'm just putting it out there. OK. <laughs> hey, I'm open to it. I don't know. The president might even be open to it if Ron DeSantis, if Ron DeSantis hasn't been making the moves he's making right now. But you never know. I mean, it's best for the party to have 12 years if, if everybody could kind of realize that, you know. I think we'll have 12 years anyway. I do. I think whoever ends up running with Donald um, Trump will probably be the next president. So it would have been nice if it was DeSantis, but I, I, think, yes, I think we'll get 12 years point. anyway. That's yeah. a good point. Well, all right. We have we have like two minutes. What would you like to say in the last two minutes? Where would I you would would you like people to go to any particular place to get your book? Amazon, any place? Yes, actually, yeah, you can get it at Amazon. It's Christina Bob stealing your vote: the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. I'd like to just give you the cliff notes version of why it's so important um, to get involved. I mean, that is how we win. We have been waiting for two years for our leaders to correct, make corrections and prove to us that our elections are secure and it hasn't happened. That means it needs to be a bottom up movement. It needs to come from the grassroots. And the way that happens is through us, through me and you getting involved and in actually securing our local precincts, securing our counties. And if we all do that, we will have a secure election. So please take the time to read the book, understand what the issues are, find one that aggravates you and go solve it in your local area. Yes. And, you know, with the things that have been coming down the pike and are still coming out uh, down the pike from the Obama Biden White House, um, you know, it's really Obama running the show. And he was a horrible president. He was the worst president, in my opinion. I, I think so. I think he was worse than Biden. Uh, well, yes. And he but he's trying to continue his presidency through Biden, you know, puppet Biden. Um, so this country is going, obviously, I think everybody would agree it's in the wrong direction and we need somebody strong like Trump. I don't know who else could possibly um, do it. There is nobody. I don't think either. there is anybody. No, there isn't anybody else who could do it. Because you need that bull in the China shop to do That's to right. fix all these things that have gone wrong. I want our country to go back to um, the Norman Rockwell country that it once was. That's right. Me too. Well, thank you very much, Christina Bob. Again, the name of the book is Stealing Your Vote, 
the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. So thank you, Christina, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 